Hey, look who's back with the podcast. This episode's sponsored by Blue Chew. And we've got a special deal for my listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code OPIE, O-P-I-E, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome back. You're first on the YouTube, my friend, saying morning open all right on. Uh, last night, this house was a rocking. A lot of wind, a lot of rain. Lisa Connor, you are first on the Facebook. Good morning, Buttercup. Scott Watson and Ted Palawada and Tim Start and RJ Hinners and Rachel with the good morning lamb chop, Jimmy Frankum, David Strauss, Sean Cleary, Mitch Kristen. Who else can I? Ah, the names are going by. Leslie Larson. How are you, GH, from Lisa Connor, uh, Justin Robo, Spartan off the YouTube. Uh, Pat Duffy says, good morning, I'm alive. Pat Duffy was uh, camping in the middle of pretty much the woods in Jersey, looking for the New Jersey Devil. And uh, we were supposed to live stream, but I had, I had a hell of a weekend. I was spicing up my Facebook page and... I might have lost my Facebook page for the weekend. I got it back, but I still don't have a, a lot of my features. I lost videos. I lost analytics. I lost posts. I lost, I think I lost money. That's why uh, I was very, very silent this weekend, Pat Duffy. But I hope you, I hope you had a good time um, camping this weekend. We'll, we'll catch up. I'll find out all about it. But I'm kind of bummed that I wasn't able to turn the live stream on while you were in the middle of nowhere by yourself. That uh, that seems very, very cool, my friend. By the way, if there's anybody that's an expert with Facebook, please let me know. I sure could use your help. Nothing like thinking you know what you're doing and you're just clicking about, clicking around Facebook, and next thing you know, you just lose total control of your own Facebook page, and it's just floating in space with no ownership. I'm like, oh, this is good. You idiot. <sighs> Facebook is very, very complicated. Every time I try to do something on that damn platform, I, I mess something else up. Ooh, Pat Duffy. I didn't find the Jersey Devil, but I think I found myself. Good for you, Pat Duffy. My God. You got in touch with your, your real self, did you? <laughs> uh, can't just hit up the Zuck, Kenneth uh, Serac says. Yeah, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Hey, Pat, were you doing any of that meditating out there in the middle of the woods? You know, Eckhart Tolle says, oh, shut up, Ope. Yeah, I can't just call up uh, the Zuck and say, yo, Zuck, I messed up my own Facebook page because uh, you've made it very, very complicated to navigate. And then when you have an issue with your Facebook, you can't get a hold of anybody, Pally Wally. So why don't you give me a little ringing dinghy and we'll figure this out together. What do you say, Zook? 
That's the problem with nerds, man. They don't know how to communicate to everybody else. They have their own fucking language. They set up this Facebook and they think to themselves, oh, this is very simple to navigate. And us dodo birds sit there like, uh, do I click this or that? I'm, I'm just going to click this because now I'm just getting frustrated. And then you watch your whole life just go poof, poof. Because I kind of need my Facebook page to uh, make a, a little bit of a living and to communicate with my fan base. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Now I got nothing. When something goes wrong with your, your social media, you know, we all start Googling our asses off to try to find the answer. And there's no, for the most part, some of the basic stuff is up there. You're like, oh, I see. Okay, I can navigate through this. Okay, it's four easy steps. All right. And then other things, you're just in the middle of the wild, wild west trying to find somebody that can help you. And and India knows this, so they got all sorts of tech videos. They take advantage of the fact that a lot of us are dummies and mess up our Facebook pages and our other social medias uh, badly. And then uh, you click on their their tech videos from India, and oh my God, that's a that's a whole nother world. Uh, Jordan Shepard, my 11-year-old nephew, got caught looking up porn on his PC I bought him for Christmas. 11. I'm trying to think if that's early or not. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think when uh, the kid finally started seeing some things that were a bit on the naughty, naughty side. Naughty, naughty. I know, we did that already. It's uh, Jonathan Parr, one-hit wonder with naughty, naughty. Uh, well, these kids today, I would assume, I would assume that kids are looking at that stuff a lot earlier than we did because it's right at their fingertips. You can put all the parental, uh, parental controls you want on your, your kids' devices, but I don't know. I think they, uh, I think they find a little workaround. My son wants, uh, wants us to have a third kid. So basically, uh, <laughs> basically is. Telling my uh, younger daughter how, how that goes. And I'm like, yo, hey, whoa, slow down a little bit there, sonny boy. Telling her how you make a, a baby. He's he's only 10, and he's uh, he's telling her. And then he's basically saying, look, we got to leave mommy and daddy alone for a night, and then we're going to have a third kid. And I'm like, whoa, how about we go back to Roblox for a little while? So I, I got my Facebook back, but. I don't even know if you throw me a few bucks if uh, if I even get it at this point. But that's okay. I, I turn this on for the love of it anyway. And then maybe if I find one of you big eggheads out there, you can help me get my Facebook page uh, back to where it was. I need an egghead. Can you just look up eggheads in the, in the yellow pages? Uh, it was a nightmare, man. It was a fucking nightmare. And, oh, everyone's asking about Doggy. Doggy's uh, doing good, but the weather was uh, kind of shitty out here. So that sand is really wet. You can't put a dog on that sand when it's wet because that becomes a nightmare as far as cleanup goes. And it's too early in the season to just hose him down. Um, so he has to kind of stay on the deck. Look, look at him looking at the beach, longing to be out there sniffing dog butts. And playing with Honey, the giant Mastiff. I don't know, uh, Doggy. I think uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of rain this week, so you might be uh, 
You might be indoors and on decks for a few days in a row now, my friend. And I'm not happy with you. <laughs> Steve Marvin, I was waiting for somebody. So there you go. I'll give you the credit. Steve Marvin off the YouTube. He says, what's a yellow page is LOL. Well, I, that, that proves that I really truly need an egghead. Because I didn't. I haven't even realized that there's no more yellow pages anymore. We don't have the yellow pages anymore. Well, goddamn. How do we look up stuff if we don't have the yellow pages? And sadly, I'm desperately looking at the chat room. I'm desperately looking for one person that goes, Hi, Ope, I'm an egghead, and I can help you with your Facebook problems. So we had to go to the, uh, the pet store to get uh, some of that self feeding fish stuff, you know, where it lasts five days so the fish are good. That was the mistake when I saved the fish from the city, bringing them out here. I'm like, oh, that's right. Eventually, that's going to be problematic when we start going back and forth and when we start actually living in the city more than living out here. Now what? Do we save the fish again and bring them back to the city? That That's too much work. Oh, this was after my wife got her first shot of the Pfizer. So, uh, I got one shot. My wife's got one shot. We're uh, we're starting to we're starting to look at uh, opening things up. So then on the way home, I'm like, oh, I got to get that fish food, you know. So uh, then she says, oh, we need a new uh, harness for the dog. He outgrew everything. So long story short, we we go into the pet store, and it should have been a very quick, simple thing. Me and my son know where all the fish supplies are. We run to that shelf in the back to the left. We grab the the self-serving fish food whatever the hell it's called and we get the hell out of there and we're we're good for maybe less than ten dollars oh two hundred dollars later we're leaving the pet store with harnesses and new leashes and new dog food and new dog treats i told my wife put down the dog raincoat we're not getting my dog a, a raincoat we're not walking around with my dog wearing a raincoat and instead of it being nice and quick and easy, it was a mess because I didn't know this, but they allow your dog to just pee all over the store. And my uh, my dog took full advantage of that because he was smelling all the other dogs that were marching through there because they got a grooming uh, section where you, you get your dog groomed. So my dog was like, this is heaven, man. Thank you. Thank you for the dog orgy. And just started peeing on cat displays and everything in between it was unbelievable and we're all panicking and then the people run up to us and i'm like oh great we're gonna get in trouble you know it's probably like a 200 dollars fine or something or at least in new york they would have called the cops and they're like oh no problem you know there's uh cleaning stations all over the store your nearest one is right there and that's when i finally noticed that this whole store is filled with uh brown paper towels and sprays and people are just mopping up their dog pee every fucking day in that place. I had no idea. So <clears throat> so we came home with all the all the goodies for the dog. You know, because we spoiled him. He, he doesn't want to eat his, uh, his uh, dog food anymore. And this lady's like, oh, let me show you all our choices. This is all organic stuff. This is beef. This is chicken. This is fish. And oh, my God, the dogs just go crazy for the venice. Or the venison, I should say. They go crazy for the venison. And then over here, you know, you got some canned food. And all you need to do is put a little scoop on it. So I would suggest if 
you buy a few of these cans and scoop out a little bit and mix it in with the dry uh, dog food that he's not currently eating. And then you can come back and get the real expensive stuff. You see the display here. This is, if you really give a shit about your dog, you're going to, you're going to buy this dog food. If you don't give a shit about your dog, let me take you down this aisle that's dark and barely lit. That's where all the barking dog foods are. But the big display, oh, they shame you. They shame you into buying the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, uh, first name off the YouTube. Really? How does she know? Did the dog tell her? Exactly. Schmuckamuck, I will never do that. Dog ice cream is the whitest thing ever. And it's taken the world by storm, the dog ice cream. I hear about that crap all the time now. You know, you got to get your, your dog some uh, dog ice cream. I'm like, no. Because any dog owner out there knows when it comes to treats, I don't want to give my dog anything that takes literally one and a half seconds to eat. That doesn't do any of us any good. We want something that he can gnaw on and chew on for hours. My fellow dog owners understand that. Why would I get him ice cream where he would eat it within two seconds and then we're like, now what? He's being a big pain in the ass. Now what? The beach is wet. We can't have him run around in the on the beach. And then you give him something that he'll chew for the next hour. And then you're like uh, at peace. And then you could go back to trying to figure out where your Facebook page went. Where the hell's my Facebook page? I'll just find the help center. And I'll write a thing or two and they'll get right back to me. Three days later. Ugh, whatever. Do we really need my Facebook page to make a few bucks and keep in touch with everybody? Ah! Chris Shoplock, dog ice cream equals uh, the green apple splatters. Yes. Dude, make your own banana, yogurt, peanut butter, and and freeze. Uh, thank you, Curry, actually. I appreciate that, and that makes sense. Yeah, because that shit is expensive, too, man. You, you know, you can spend a lot of money on your dog, I'm finding out. And this pet store, it's it's uh, it's so sad. I walk in with, uh, you know, our golden doodle, which is such a no-no in the pet world. <laughs> People look at us and just roll their eyes, and then I have to go into my dumb spiel. I'm back to giving the spiel, because the other way it wasn't working, where I just told people it's none of your business. So then I have to go back to... Uh, uh, telling them, look, we went to the shelters and everything, but I'm really uh, highly allergic to dogs, so we couldn't get a regular dog. We had to get one of these hypoallergenic dogs. And, you know, I got to tell you, since we got doggy, I haven't sneezed once, so it's working out quite nicely. And then I go into my new thing is I go, well, back in the day, you know, I'm really allergic to cats, but I actually saved two cats so I could turn them a little. And then that's not good enough. And then I go... My brother, Brett, he saves everything. He's got so many cats, he doesn't even tell anybody how many he actually owns. And I think one of the cats has like an eyeball that's falling out of its head. That's how good of a guy my brother is. So will you please stop judging me because we got to get the harness and we got to get the oh, dog food and get the fuck out of here. But anyway, we walk in there. And the lady I was explaining that to had, uh, had two dogs right at the entrance on death row 
you guys have seen the death row uh, thing, right, at the pet store. You walk in, there's two dogs in cages, and you know they don't have much time left. One was a beautiful brown uh, pit bull mix. And the other one, I, uh, you know what, I, I don't even know what the other one was. Because I was focused on the beautiful brown pit bull. It was sort of like um, kind of a puppy, probably uh, six to eight months old. And I was like, God, I wish I wasn't allergic to dogs. I would, I would grab that dog. So basically, they set up in these pet stores. I didn't know this because I haven't been a, a, a pen owner. A, a pen owner? What is, how did that come out? A pet owner in quite a while. But uh, these pet stores on weekends, they, they bring a couple dogs in there that are on death row. Hoping that someone's going to snatch him up. Boxer pit mix is nice. I think that's what it might have been there. Um, Kilo soul. Jen Ferris, if they're in the store, they're probably being fostered. But they're trying to get rid of them, right? They're trying to get a, a home for them, huh? I think. By the way, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, it's been a hell of a year. Personally, I feel like I've aged 12 years over the last 12 months. And if you're like me, you're feeling your age more than you used to, especially in the bedroom. Wait, 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 what? I'm still good in the bedroom. Anyway, it's time to snap out of it. Spring is here and it's time to get sprung with Blue Chew. A boing. We're talking about boings, people. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of E-Day. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Oh, the process is so simple, too. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, all done online. And you don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. BlueChew Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. I said those two things right. I'm proud of myself right now. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. All right, so listen up. If you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And once again, we've got a special deal for my listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use the promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, at checkout. Just pay the $5 shipping. Once again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Opie, O-P-I-E, to receive your first month free. And of course, we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast. Just blocking the obsessed, my friends. Just blocking uh, the obsessed. And it's good to know that you guys could just block them too. And you know what's weird? We're having a damn good live stream this morning. It's just fun and light. Just telling you about my, my weekend and these people. They, it's just amazing to me. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. I don't know who they're fighting for. I don't want any of you guys fighting for me. I like that you support me. I like that uh, you join the live stream every day. and We have a good time. We have a good crew. But we're not out there fighting some imaginary war. Gary Krasinski. I hear the birdies. Hi, birdies. He writes. That was him, not me. I was just, you know, putting the accent on his, uh, his comment. Hi, birdies. <laughs> yeah, the birds are a-chirping. It wasn't um, 
a beautiful night, though. The rain was coming down sideways. A lot of fucking wind. Steve Marvin, I don't understand if they don't like you. Why show up to troll? That's a very, very good point because I've never told any of you guys to go troll anybody else. I know there's a bunch of you that uh, fight back, but you're not searching out uh, a place to hate on. On Look, I'll say it, Anthony. I mean, the answer is Anthony has uh, encouraged all his people to just beat the shit out of me. Aaron McCauley. Oh, you need to sell the dead air from these live streams. Sell it to one of those comic apps. Birdies. I could sell it for golf coverage, I think. Although the ocean, right? Well, I mean, next time they do Pebble Beach, I could sell some of this. Just shut my mouth, have the waves and the birds. And then next thing you know, uh, Jim Nance could talk over my uh, my sound. You know what's funny? When I uh, first started these live streams, I'm a radio guy, you know. I think you know that by now. So when you're on the radio, dead air is really, really bad. Every once in a while, it's good. If you want like a dramatic pause for something or you just want to be an asshole and and leave someone hanging, you know, you, you've heard and heard these things over the years. So when I moved into the live stream game of doing this every morning, you know, I want to take a sip of coffee or my, my dog is distracting me and I want to make sure he's okay. Or honestly, maybe I don't have something to say for a few seconds as I kind of look down at the comments. I started panicking because the radio guy in me is like, you, you got to keep talking no matter what. And then when I edit these things and I hear like when I'm not talking, how soothing it is with the waves and the birds. I'm like, oh, OK, if you want to just take a break and breathe and have a sip of coffee or look at doggy. It's it's uh, it's fine by the people because then they get to hear the birds and the and the waves. Cryptisith. Wow, you're not really going to build an audience with a name like that on the YouTube. Cryptisith. I like Opie and want this show to keep going. I just think it would be good to have a comic co-host. No. I don't even know if this is actually a show. Although I should probably get some of my friends on more. I was going down that road and then I backed off for whatever reason. So I got to get back to that. But uh, it's it's a very different experience. And that's what I like. I like the fact I turn this on and go, oh, my God, I have nothing to talk about. <laughs> and then I see all you guys pop in the room. I'm like, oh, my God, they're expecting me to say something. And then I kind of improv my way through the goddamn thing. It's kind of fun. And the other thing about uh, the Facebook uh, disaster from the weekend, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, really look at the final round of the damn Masters. And I love my golf, and I love watching the Masters. Although I hate the fact that they try to make it so mystical with the light piano music and making making uh, this course bigger than it really is. It's a you know Augusta is a real big deal, yes, but you don't have to sell it as such. Everyone knows it's a big deal. Just let it be. Jim Nance, just let it be. But I uh, I couldn't watch the final round because I was just over and over again trying to figure out my Facebook issues. Because, you know, you got to figure it out yourself. Facebook ain't going to help you out. Google ain't going to help you out. So you just click around and hope that you click uh, the right combo of buttons and get all your shit back. Go to my page. You'll see. <sighs> Speaking of going back to it, let's commit to a Friday beer show now, Pat Duffy says. You're, you're on, Mr. Duffy. You're on. 
So I, I didn't really get to see, uh, oh, I can't even say his name, the Japanese guy. Oh, my God. I know my golfers, too. I forgot his fucking name. He won the Masters, first uh, Japanese golfer to win. And they're saying, I think Andy North said it on ESPN. He said that if uh, he won the Masters, that it would be worth $1 billion to him when he goes back home uh, to Japan. Jen first, how does your family not kill you for screaming at 7 a.m.? <laughs> They're downstairs. There's a few levels here, so I got I got some padding. But I hear uh, one or two of my kids are up, so they're hearing this nonsense as they watch uh, Loud House, the Loud House. Or, or are they watching uh, Big City Greens? It might be uh, Big City Greens. Thank you, Jen first. Hideki Matsuyama. Vincent Scaramuzo got the first name. Hideki and Jen first got this uh, last name, Mat Mat Mats Matsuma. Thank you. Supposedly that victory is worth a billion dollars to him. That is insane. And yes, the Japanese love, love, love their golf. Did you see what the caddy did? We need a little of that in America, by the way. Oh, doggy just saw something, just ran across the screen. He's not. He probably uh, he probably sees the deer. We got a we got a family of five deer that wander around this house. I'm just waiting for the day when we only count four and go, oh, who was the asshole that took out one of the goddamn deer? But the caddy, and we need a little more of this in America. So he, his golfer wins the, uh, the Masters. He, uh, he takes the flag because that's tradition. And then I think he put the flag stick in uh, upside down. It went viral. You can check this out for yourself. And then he bowed and showed respect to the golf course. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, Chuck Lynn, you saw it. Bowed in respect to the game. Yeah, man, I thought that was really, really cool to see. We could use a little of that. We could use a little respect. Instead, I get people that I made fucking happy for years doing a dumb radio show now trying to beat the shit out of me. How about you show me a little respect? I'm just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> uh, the Japanese do that even when they lose. Well, that's that's even cooler if they're doing it when they uh, lose as well, Chico Sansi. Oh, Gus Chiggins, a black golfer, would have taken a knee in solidarity with criminals resisting arrest. Really? Is that what would have happened, Gus, you racist? I've never seen that in my life, you racist. You do realize there were a few black golfers that played in the Masters, and none of them fucking took a kneel, you racist. Oh, God. That's just... Why are you like that, Gus? A black golfer would have taken a knee in solidarity with criminals resisting arrest. No, no they wouldn't. They didn't do that. It wasn't even a thought, Gus. Only in your sick mind that's happening. Ohm, ohm, racism detected, racism detected. You're 100% right, ohm, ohm. That's just plain racism right there. Simple as that. Luigi goes, how is that racist? Because he's just assuming that black golfers would take a knee at a golf fucking tournament. He said a black golfer. That's that, it's racist. He's just assuming a whole group of people are going to take a fucking knee during a golf tournament. That's what makes it racist. It's pretty obvious. Black golfers struggle to play on some courses still. 
Yeah, man. I mean, Augusta was built, I, I believe, by uh, slaves. They have a long history of uh, some racist shit down there in in, uh, in Georgia. So uh, to follow your point, I'll go with your point a little bit. At least we can discuss this. Um, if they really gave a shit about that, they wouldn't have played in the tournament, my friend. First name. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Oh, smash. First name on the YouTube. No, I'm not. I'm not mad. You know there's people like that out there just making blanket statements like that. Oopster, maybe see you at the Red Lobster after the golf tournament, just like Happy Gilmore. Ohm, ohm. I used to love uh, the Red Lobster. You know, I, I realized uh, the last time I went to the Red Lobster was, uh, man, I was in my uh, my 20s, so a very, very long time ago. I used to really, really like the all-you-can-eat shrimp because I was on a budget, and I went in there. It finally got to me that their uh, all-you-can-eat shrimp were were – a bit on the teeny weeny side. <laughs> and the last time I went there, I, I took a, a lovely young gal. I was driving her home. Uh, we both went to Geneseo. She lived around uh, the Syracuse area, too much information. So I cut across New York to drop her off in the Syracuse area. And then I uh, took a little uh, south of the route back down to Long Island. And uh, I didn't have much money. And uh, this was uh, in the days where I really didn't understand anorexia or bulimia. And uh, this girl was beautiful, but she was a little bit on the light side, to be polite. And the kid didn't have much money, but the kid really, really liked this girl. And I, I, talk, I, I was able to say, hey, I'll drive you home. You know, I was trying to date her. And, uh, and I'm like, hey, you know, why don't we get a meal? And we go to Red Lobster. And we're sitting there and we're just eating our faces off because we're college kids. And I don't care how much money I'm going to spend because I really like this girl, even though it's going to make me broke for a while. And uh, she she had a very healthy appetite, that's for sure. And then she excused herself, went to the bathroom. She was in there a while, which I thought was a little weird. I'm like thinking to myself, look, I'm paying for this meal so she's not in there to avoid the check <laughs> jamie marie d i was laughing at my stupid thing right there but now i'm laughing at you jamie marie d does red lobster remind you of the scent of one of your girlfriends <laughs> jesus uh only if the the uh the shrimp the all you can eat shrimp was in the dumpster out back for about a week in the hot sun, then yes, the answer would be yes, uh, Jamie Marie Day. Uh, I expect a few ewes to come in now. Um, so she comes back from the bathroom, sits back down in our little booth, and uh, we're finishing up dinner, and then I'm looking at her like, why is she crying? And it turns out that uh, her eyes were puffy and very moist, and it looked like... Uh, Ah, she never told me officially, but I, I, I told this story to some people that absolutely knew a little more about anorexia and bulimia. And they said, hey, idiot, when she left you and went in the bathroom, she was putting fingers down her throat and puking up all that food. I'm like, oh, my God. That's why she came back with the, uh, you know, the, the moisture in her eyes and the, and the puffy eyes. And it kind of made me mad because it was my hard earned money. But then I'm thinking maybe she did enjoy the meal. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Do you actually enjoy it before you get rid of it? Before you do the purge? 
So I was kind of mad, and then I kind of wasn't because uh, it was still a nice date. And then we, um, I don't know, then we got back to college. We we tried the dating thing a little bit, a little bit, and it just uh, never really worked out. I have another one of those stories. So there was a girl that um, I was sort of, you know, it's college. Do you say you were sort of seeing them? <laughs> And I, I brought this girl back to my dorm a couple times, and she was obsessed with eating after the bars closed. And you know, you get your munchies, certainly if you've been drinking all night, and then you go come back to the dorm room. And I'm thinking, well, I don't really want to, I, I don't really need food at this moment in time. I'm thinking of other things. And she insisted that we get pizza and chicken wings and all this. And it would be like two in the morning, and I'm like, oh, all right. So we would bring all this food back to the dorm room because all the little restaurants on Main Street in Geneseo, they would they would stay open because they know all the college kids are going to be wandering out of the bars at two in the morning looking for munchies. So I would be like with two hands bringing all this fucking food back to the dorm. And this girl was uh, a hubba bubba. She had a nice little uh, little figure. All the, all the parts were in the right places and very, very nice. Very nice. Um, but th I always found uh, that this thing was a little weird that she really needed to eat a lot of food after the bars closed. And it didn't look like she needed to eat a lot. So then, long story short, we go home for the summer and uh, I, uh, I come back and her friends say that, I forgot her name to be honest with you. Her friends, um, I know she was from Cortland. Her friends uh, said, "Yeah, she she didn't uh, she didn't come back this semester." I was kind of bummed because I kind of liked hanging out with her, you know. And I was bummed out. And then homecoming weekend, I'm on Main Street in Geneseo, and this I hear this girl scream, "Oh my God, Opie!" and comes running towards me. It's the girl. Now at this point, I haven't seen her in uh, I don't know four or five months, maybe six months, and she's running right at me, screaming my name, all excited to see me. I didn't recognize her. You want to know why? She was about 50 to 60 pounds heavier. I didn't recognize her. She went home to try to figure out this, uh, this eating issue she had. And she came back to Geneseo uh, for homecoming, saw me on, it was Main Street. I know uh, exactly where I was. Outside that damn diner, I forgot the name of it, where Fat Augie's used to be, right around there. And uh, she runs up and hugs me, I try to give her a hug back and my hands don't really connect <laughs> as I'm hugging her. And I'm like, I'm, I gotta tell you guys, man, I'm a naive, stupid kid from Long Island that was brought up in a very strict household. So I, I, was, not, I was not knowledgeable on a lot of things, especially back then. And I'm like, what the hell, what? How does it, how does a, a a girl gain fifty or sixty pounds in less than a year, half a year? And then another friend of mine, you idiot, she has I forgot what she had. Is that bulimia? But then she stopped purging. Maybe is that how that goes? I'm not sure. I'm not an expert. I have no idea. I can't give out medical advice on my on my live stream. But uh, she looked a lot healthier. That's for sure. And, I, and she's another one. I never knew what uh, what happened to her. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's in Scaramuza. 
I'm not saying that. I'm happy that she went home and she was taking care of uh, whatever eating issue she had. And I lost touch with her. That's got to be a million years ago at this point. Jeff, does your dog ever get shit caked into his fur? Oh, my God, all the time. But I get in there. I'm the one in my family. I get right in there with a wet rag. Sometimes I got to snip it out of his fur. But I'm the guy. I can, I can wash his butt. No problem. I can get right in there. I've explained that. I'm the one in my family, you know, when the kids used to puke on the sheets and stuff. I would, uh, I'd be on puke patrol. And I'd just be washing out the sheet in the sink with my bare hands, getting all the clumps out getting it ready so we could throw it in the washing machine. No problem. I'm good like that. Oh, I'm proud of my daughter. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say this. I forgot to tell you. All right, I gotta lower my voice for this one. I'll end with this. So last week I went into the city for a couple days so my daughter could do some schooling. We're going back, I think, uh, to do more of that this week. So the live stream's gonna be a little weird, but that's okay, we'll figure it out. And on the way home, from New York City back out to the beach, we were in a stretch of um, the Long Island Expressway where there's no way you could stop. Even if you wanted to, there's nowhere to go to take a leak. My daughter goes, Daddy, I gotta take a leak. And I'm like, now? And I'm like, oh my God, this is incredibly problematic. Without missing a beat, she goes, I'll just pee in a, in a bottle, Daddy. I'm like, oh my God, I think I love you even more. So we're rolling down the Long Island Expressway and she made her first pee in a moving car in a bottle. That's something to be proud of. And then we had to call, you know, my wife, her mom, obviously, to brag. So we called the house and everyone was like, congratulations. And then now I feel like I got to go to the stationery store. Am I dating myself by saying stationery store? And I want to pick out a card now. I want to pick out a card saying congratulations on your first pee in a moving car. How about that? Greg Buell, great dad moment. <laughs> you are not, I swear to God, you're not wrong. I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. I, I wanted to cry. I was so happy. It was all her suggestion. Usually as a parent, you're like, uh, I don't know, can you pee in this bottle or something? And, and the kids would be like, oh, God, no, I'm not doing that. She suggested, and she took care of the whole thing with no spillage. And I know how your women are out there with the pee. Guys have, like, a nice little stream. Girls, what the hell is that? What the hell's going on in there? Nothing, I'll be right out. Expect to open the bathroom door and see pee on everything. Oh my God, Gwant didn't figure that out for the ladies. Boom, 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 boom,
boo, 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 boo. Boo, 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 boo.